Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. How many of you are happy to be in church today? Come on, it's a good day to wake up, it's a good day to celebrate Christmas, and we want to just say it's a joy to have you here worshiping with us today. Uh, this is South Coast Christian. I'm Pastor Tom, and uh, it's just a privilege and an honor to have you. If you're a guest with us, we say welcome. Welcome home. And we hope that you enjoy today, the entirety of today. It's going to be a special day. But uh, we're a church that just, we love God, and we love people. Amen. And our biggest heart is this, is to create an environment in which you, could, which you can succeed, where you can find hope in Jesus Christ. That's our desire, is to create an environment to see what God can do in and through our lives. We've been in a series called Stories of Hope. This is our fourth week of the series. If you haven't been a part of it yet, and you've missed some of the, the messages, uh, you can go onto our website or onto our church app. But there's some really cool testimonies that we've been showing. We've had three videos of testimonies that have happened within our church, and they're powerful testimonies, and you can go onto our website or onto our uh, um, church app and see the podcast or the video cast and be a part of that. The testimonies are actually on the video, and you can see uh, the different testimonies of what's happening in the lives of people. Um, as I've shared before, we all need hope in our lives. Today's message is going to be the hope of grace, the hope of grace. It's our, it's our desire or it's our hope in God that will lead us into having greater faith. The enemy is trying to rob you of hope. That's his biggest desire, is to try to take away your hope out of your life. That's the enemy's desire. Let me share with you, you have a heavenly father who loves you, and his greatest desire is to fill you with hope. His desire is to give you greater hope than ever before. That's why it's so important that we continue to build a great relationship with our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. That's the whole part of this game of being a Christian. That's the whole part of following Jesus, is to have a relationship where we find greater hope. In fact, the Apostle Paul writes it this way in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. He says, I pray that the God, of, the God that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Today's story of hope is found in Joshua chapter 2. The person whose story of hope that we will be discussing today is a Canaanite woman who was a prostitute. But before we begin, let me just share a little bit of the story as we get ready to read God's word. Joshua and the children of Israel are preparing to enter into the promised land. If you remember the story, Moses is the one that God sends forth into Egypt to rescue the children of Israel out of Egypt. They get out of Egypt, the, the Red Sea parts. Now they've been wandering around in the desert for close to 40 years. And then all of a sudden, Moses goes off the scene. He goes and he passes away. And now Joshua, which was one of the original spies that was sent into the land of Egypt to spy it out 40 years prior, now he is the new leader, and he's going to lead the children of Israel into this new promised land. Well, one of the things that they had to do when they crossed into that promised land, the very first city that they're going to encounter is Jericho. They have to, they have to cross the River Jordan. They have to go into Jericho. So what Joshua does 
what happened 40 years before. Joshua sends in some spies. He sends in two spies. And it's interesting that originally they sent, I think it was 12 spies, and only two came back with faith. Joshua skipped that. He sends two in. And he sends them in, and they go into Jericho. And as they walk into Jericho, they find this Canaanite woman whose name is Rahab, and she is a prostitute in the city. Now, the Canaanites were hated, were the hated enemy of the Israelites. The Canaanites were known for their wickedness and for their idolatry. But Rahab's house was a perfect location for the, for the spies to be at because it was given that it was not unusual for men to be entering into and out of Rahab's house. Plus, Rahab's house was built into the, the city wall, and so for the spies, it was going to be an easy way for them to escape. But someone tipped off the king of Jericho. They had seen the Israelites entering into Rahab's home. So the king sent soldiers over to Rahab's house, but Rahab had hidden the spies onto the rooftop under some bundles of flax. So when the military men arrived, she lied to the soldiers and told the Israelites that, that the Israelites had already been there, but now they have gone. They've, they've left. So she basically sends the king's soldiers, the king's men, onto a wild goose chase. After the soldiers leave, Rahab, this is a really important part, goes back up to the rooftop, and she has a conversation with these two spies. This is where we pick up the story. This is where Rahab is talking to the two spies. And we're, we're reading the story here in Joshua chapter 2, verses 9 through 13. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea and when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has courage to fight after, each, after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above, the, above and, and the earth below. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all of their families. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today, and I pray today, God, that you would just penetrate our heart, our minds with your word. I pray, God, that the power of your Holy Spirit will speak into our lives. I pray that today will just not be any just normal day, but God, that is the day that we hear from you. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. So the two spies end up agreeing to Rahab's turn. If you read some more of the story, it's a long story, so I'm going to kind of cut in and out of the story. But they agree to Rahab's terms. They, they give her a plan to leave a red rope hanging outside of her window so that when the Israelites come to attack, they can recognize that this is her home. This is the Rahab's home. And the Israelite army will know that they are to protect that. They are not to attack her home. The spies told Rahab for her entire family to be safe that they need to remain in her home during the battle. Keep them inside of your home during the fight. The two spies then go back and they report everything back to Joshua. They tell Joshua that, how that, the, that the whole city of Jericho is in fear of the Israelite army. They tell Joshua how they had found favor with this 
Canaanite prostitute, her name was Rahab, how she housed him, how she protected him through this whole process. So fast forward a little bit. Now we're going to go into the battle. So all of a sudden now, the Israelites are heading into the battle, and the Israelites attack in a very unusual way. The Lord tells them to attack in a way that it's very, if you've read your Bible at all, you understand what's taking place. They don't come in with weapons. They don't come with, with a bunch of military. They come in with instruments. They, and they, for the first six days, the Lord tells them, just walk around the city walls of Jericho one time each day. So they did that. Each day they'd wake up, they'd walk around the walls of Jericho. Then he said, on the seventh day, I want you to walk around the walls of Jericho seven times. But on that seventh time, I want you to blow your trumpets as loud as you can. I want you to blow your trumpets and I want you to shout. And at that moment, the walls of Jericho were two huge walls, impenetrable. Everybody thought there was no way into Jericho. When they shouted, when they blew the trumpets, all of a sudden the walls came crumbling down. And now we're going to pick up the rest of Rahab's story in Joshua chapter 6, verses 22 through 23. Meanwhile, Joshua said to the two spies, keep your promise. Go to the prostitute's house and bring her, along with, bring her out along with her family. The men who had been spies went in and brought, her, brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, brothers, and all of the other relatives who were with her. They moved her entire family to a safe place near the camp of Israel. Let me share some thoughts regarding hope, the hope that we find in Rahab's story. The first thing that I want to share that we can take to and just apply into our lives, there's times in our lives that we have to find hope beyond our circumstances. We need to have hope beyond our circumstances. Rahab finds herself in the city of Jericho. The city of Jericho was corrupt and it was wicked and it was full of sin. It was a pagan city that had worshipped many gods. The Canaanites, let me just tell you right now, the Canaanites were not good people. They were not. They were evil in every, in every way. It was a society that had completely lost their way. Their worship for, uh, of their gods included child sacrifice, the way that they would worship their demons and their gods that they, they worshipped. The same thing I'm talking about is their gods were demons. They would actually practice child sacrifice. You can find some of their customs recorded in Psalms 106. Many of the gods that they worshipped had to do with sexuality. So they practiced many perverse sexual activities. I just lost my notes, so I'm trying to figure out where I'm at. I'm in Jericho. Must be going to be a good day. So they, they practiced many different uh, horrible sexual activities. Their sins had become so great that they had become an abomination to God. In fact, the whole idea of prostitution for them was a spiritual act of, way, of a way that they could actually worship their gods. And God had seen it to such a way that it became an abomination. And God ordered the complete destruction of the city of Jericho and of the Canaanite people. It's important to understand that God's uh, destruction of the Canaanites had nothing to do with their race. Or in reality, it really didn't have anything to do with their religion as well. There were many nations that believed differently than the land of Israel. And they lived in peace with the nation of Israel. This had to do with their horrific sins. 
This had to do with the Canaanites' horrific sins and how and with the things that they were doing. This was more than just a physical battle. This was a spiritual battle that God was sending the Israelites into Jericho on. So Rahab finds herself in a dire situation. Think about if you were Rahab. We don't even know why she's a prostitute in the city. Maybe she didn't even have a choice. Maybe because it was, it was such a, a wicked city, that was the only way that she was going to survive. We don't know. But she finds herself in this wicked city. She finds herself in an entrapment. She knows that all of a sudden that this Israelite army is coming. She knows that there's a good chance that she's going to be destroyed. Her circumstances that surrounded her, if you looked at it from the outside perspective, you would say that she had no hope. There's times in our lives when we all of a sudden, we're not Rahab, we're not in that same situation. But there's times in our lives when all of a sudden things seem to be collapsing upon us. Where we feel like there's really no hope. And I want to declare to you today that in God, you have hope. In the one true God, the creator of the heavens and earth, his son in Jesus Christ, you have hope beyond your circumstances. See, Rahab had heard about the mighty victories of the Israelite army. She had heard about how the Israelites' God had rescued them from the land of Egypt. She had heard about how the Red Sea parted and they walked across dry land into the desert and how all the Egyptian army was covered up by water because of the power of this God. She had heard about how they, led, they were led into the battle with the Amorite kings and how the Israelite army completely destroyed those, that group of Canaanites, the Amorites. She, they destroyed them. She heard about the power of a mighty God. Everyone was in fear of the Israelites. She was the one stated. Rahab, she said to the two spies, everyone in the land is living in terror. Her current circumstances that she was facing were not good. But Rahab was able to find hope beyond her circumstances. Now catch this thought. There's times when I'm going to throw a thought out to you and i like for you to catch it. I want you to just pack that away, put that away. She didn't allow her fear to overcome her thinking. Instead, she saw opportunity to put her faith into action. I'm going to say it again because I want you to catch this. Because this is what happens in our lives. So many times, something comes into our lives and we allow the fear to start overcoming our, our thinking. All of a sudden, God can no longer speak to you. It's hard to even get through because there's so much fear that has all of a sudden developed into your life. And what God wants you to do is he wants you to step out in faith. He doesn't want you to, li- to, to hear the lies of the enemy. He doesn't want you to listen to the lies of the enemy. He wants you to step out in faith and to believe his word. She saw an opportunity that was coming her way. She saw an Israelite God, a God that she didn't even know. A God that she didn't even know. And she was willing to step out in faith and find this God that she didn't know. Think about it. She knew that this God was greater than her gods. This God was destroying the corrupt ways of life. He was a God that should be truly feared. Feared not because of his anger, but because of his holiness of who he was. She had the faith to declare to the two spies, Your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and in the earth below. She recognized the power of the Israelites' God and was finding hope. She was finding hope in their God. Her situation was hopeless. Her gods were worthless. 
They're under destruction. They were gods that were made with their own hands. They had no power. They had no authority. And all of a sudden, she's all of a sudden encountering a God that had all power and all authority, the one supreme being. Her fear of the Israelites, catch this, her fear of the Israelites, God didn't push her away, but drew her near. You see, many people fear God from an unhealthy fear. Many people fear God from an unhealthy fear instead of fearing God from a healthy perspective. You see, there was a healthy fear that she had of this Israelite God, but she saw a glimpse of hope. Maybe, maybe I can serve this God. He's the one true God. I'm going to do everything possible. She didn't hesitate. She stepped out in faith. She feared God's, she feared God's punishment, but she found faith in his power and in his ability. She was making a choice for her and her family. She was brokering a deal with the spies, the Israelite spies. She made two of the spies swear to her that because that she, was, she helped them, that they would show kindness to her and her family. At this point, she is choosing to turn her back onto everything else that she knows. She's turning her back from, on her culture. She's turning away from her gods. She's turning away from her people. She's turning away from the wickedness, and she's choosing to embrace a new hope that she has found in the God of the Israelites. And he is the God of hope. We live in a society of many modern gods. And sometimes it's easy to start putting your hope in these modern gods. What are you talking about, Pastor Tom? You know, we're not very different from the Old Testament sometimes. Except that we have Jesus Christ. That's the big difference. We have Jesus Christ. But so many times what we do is we create our own gods out of our own possessions. We start serving our jobs. We start serving our money. We start serving things that God never planned us to serve. Those were things that were just supposed to be used by us. They're instruments that we're supposed to be successful by so that we can continue to raise up the kingdom of God. They're never supposed to be something that we were to serve. We are supposed to serve the one true God. And so many times we get lost in these modern gods as well. But many, many choose to serve those gods. Instead of serving the God who has the power, catch this, who has the power to either save or destroy your soul. Sometimes we just don't really, really think through it and understand it. We see things that really aren't that important as important. And the thing that's the most important we see sometimes is unimportant. Oh, I don't know. How do you feel, honey, this morning? It's 930 9.45, we might be able to get there to church, maybe the last song. I don't know, honey, what do you think? Or do you want to just stay home and we could, we could throw the TV on? I think we can catch the last five minutes of Joel Osteen if we want to, but babe, we can just call that good. And You know, he's always uplifting. Pastor Tom's always talking down to us and he's such a hard preacher. Joel Osteen makes me feel good. Let's just sit home and, and there's nothing wrong with Joel Osteen, okay? I'm not saying that at all. In fact, I'm going to be come, going to hear him soon. But what I'm saying is if we really understood the importance of serving God and loving God, there would be nothing that I could ever do to keep you away from God or keep you away from being in this church and being a part of this church. Because everything would be about the kingdom of God if you truly understood the power of God, that he has the power to save your soul or destroy your soul. You wouldn't be messing around. You'd say, man, I'm here, man. I'm all in. I got some amens. A few of you guys, they're all sitting on the front row right now. Okay, here we go. 
Serving self-made gods will always lead you towards hopelessness and eventually towards destruction. Rahab found a hope that set her free. She found a hope that set her free from destruction, a hope that released her from the bondage that surrounded her. She saw an opportunity and she jumped on that opportunity. There was no hesitation in her life, no waiting to see if there was a better opportunity. She, she saw hope and stepped out in faith. Many people miss opportunities because they hesitate. I'm not saying that we should, that we should just jump into anything or just blindly jump into something, but many times we hesitate. And when you truly discover something that God has given you, when you truly know that God is speaking a word into your life, stop hesitating and step out in faith. There's been more missed opportunities in people's lives because they hesitated on the word of God, including myself. I look back at life, I've missed opportunities where I knew God was speaking, but I didn't have the faith to step out. Rahab, the prostitute, had one opportunity she had an opportunity as she was seeing, this is my hope. And instead of hesitating, she just stepped out in faith. She just believed the word of God. And she stepped out in faith. And she was going to put her trust in a God that she didn't even know. That's faith. Compared to Lot and his wife, who were leaving the, the city of the Sodom of Gomorrah, and the angel of the Lord told Lot and his family, do not look back. You know, flee, for, flee from everything, flee from this evilness, flee and head. And, and Lot's wife hesitated. She looked back, and it was the destruction of her soul. She looked back, and, she, and the word of God says that she turned into a pillar of salt. I share all of this because I want to share this one truth to you. This is a thought to catch for you today. Your sins will not hold you back from God. Your lack of faith will. Your sins will not hold you back from God. Your lack of faith will. Because your sins are covered by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Your sins, past, present, and future, are covered by the Lamb of God, by His righteousness, by His blood. When He, when he died on the cross for your sins, they are covered. The only thing that will hold you back from heaven is not your sins, because if you had faith in Jesus Christ, guess what? Your sins are wiped clean. The only thing that's going to hold you back is your lack of faith. Amen. Yeah. Why do you hesitate? Yeah. Don't hesitate in following God. Jesus has covered your sins. It's a choice that we must all choose. No one else can make that choice for you. Your mother and father can't make that choice for you. Your friends can't make that choice for you. Your pastor can't make that choice for you. Only you can make that choice. Jesus can't even make that choice for you. I like that. Mm -mm -mm. That was a good one right there. <laughs> Jesus can't make that choice for you. If you remember the rich young ruler when he was asking Jesus about how to enter into the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said because he knew in, his, in the rich young ruler's heart that the possessions were holding him back. And he told him, go sell all of your possessions. And the rich young ruler could not make that choice to go follow Christ at that point. And Jesus couldn't force him. It was his choice. Rahab made a choice to no longer stay under the bondage of sin, but to put her hope that would set her free, hope in the Israelites' God. The last thought I want to share with you today is that Rahab discovered a hope that was filled with grace, a hope filled with grace. 
Remember, Rahab was a prostitute and a Canaanite woman, which made this, this, next, this next discovery that I'm about to ready to share with you more astonishing. Rahab not only found hope, but she found a grace beyond imagination. We discover Rahab's name is mentioned in two very special locations found in the New Testament. The first one is in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 is, is recorded or is known as the Hall of Faith. It basically records all the great men and women of the Old Testament who had tremendous faith. Guess whose name that we find in Hebrews chapter 11? That's right, we find Rahab, the Canaanite prostitute. We find her name in the middle of Hebrews chapter 11, a woman of faith, right along with all the other great Hall of Faith. Listen to the scripture of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Rahab finds her name amongst the names of Abraham, of Isaac, of Sarah, of Enoch, of Noah, of Joseph, of Moses, of Gideon, of Samuel, of David. There's her name, Rahab, listed in an all-star lineup, the Canaanite prostitute. Grace beyond imagination. Grace, grace. The second very special location that her name's, name appears at is in Matthew chapter 1. It's the genealogy of Jesus. This is the record of Jesus' ancestors. And some of you, maybe you have done some research on your family history. Maybe you've, maybe you've gone to Ancestry.com and you found out that you were all of a sudden related to Abraham Lincoln or something. You've been sharing that to everybody and just make sure it's true. Otherwise, it's going to be found out. But anyhow, you, uh, you, 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 know, you found your ancestry. You found all these different things. You researched your family history. We don't have to search very hard. To find the family history of Jesus, just go to Matthew chapter 1 because it's listed right there. His genealogy is listed. And look in Matthew chapter 1 verse 5 what we find. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. After Rahab was rescued from Jericho, she married Salmon, who was an Israelite from the tribe of Judah. Rahab gave birth to a son, and his name was Boaz, who became the husband of Ruth. Ruth's mother-in-law was Naomi. If you remember the story, if you remember the story of Boaz, Boaz is the kinsman redeemer for Ruth and Naomi. He rescues them in a certain in a time when they were in desperate need. Boaz is the rescuer. Guess that. Catch, catch that whole lot. Now Boaz and Ruth were the parents of Obed, who was the father of Jesse. And Jesse is the father of King David. And if you follow the lineage, as you can read for yourself in Matthew chapter 1, you can read all of this. The earthly father of Jesus, Joseph, is a direct descendant of Rahab. Now, you want to talk about amazing grace? How God uses a Canaanite woman, a prostitute in Jericho? How because of her faith, she all of a sudden is listed in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. And then we discover, on top of that, she's actually in the lineage of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's one of the greatest examples of great grace. When we come to Christ, when we choose to put our hope and faith in God, catch this thought. When you come to Christ, you make that decision. I am choosing to follow Christ. I'm putting my faith in him. Guess what? At that point, your past 
no longer matters. Your past, whatever the past of the sins, the things that you've been put through, all those those things no longer matter. Your slate is wiped clean. And you are seen as a child of God. You are seen as his child. During this Christmas season, I want to remember why we're celebrating Christmas. Sometimes we forget. It's not about all the presents under the tree. It's great to have presents under the tree. I've been looking. I haven't seen very many, but I'm looking. (laughs) Brittany, you better get busy. Welcome home, Brittany. My daughter's home. Yay. Dr. Dan, welcome. Thank you for being here. Great friend from Las Vegas. Johnny Martinez, wherever you are. Brandon, my other son over there, man, thank you for being here today. I don't know why I'm going off. I'm just thinking about those things. But sometimes we forget the importance of Christmas, what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about God sending his son as our savior. Coming to earth to give us hope. It's a hope that's beyond any sin that you could have ever done. It's a hope that maybe is so beyond your imagination you can't even understand it. It's called God's grace. It's a hope that will set you free if you're willing to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, God, that your word is powerful. Lord God, it sets us free, Lord God. It puts power into our lives, Lord God. Your word, Lord God, changes us from the inside out. With every head bowed, eyes closed for just a moment. You might be here today and you just heard the story of Rahab, the Canaanite prostitute. Maybe you never understood the importance of the importance of the decision that you need to step out in faith. Maybe your life is full of hesitations. Maybe one hesitation after another hesitation. Oh, this is more important. This is more important. This is, in this case, priority. And this happens. And this, well, I need to go this direction. And God is waiting patiently for you. And he wants you to step out in faith. Today, I want to ask you to make that decision. Step out in faith. Don't be like a Lot's wife where you hesitate and look back. Just make a choice and choose to follow Jesus. Because he's the greatest thing that you will ever experience in your life. If you want to make that decision today, I'm going to say a prayer. And I want you to put your heart, I want you to put your mind into that prayer. I want you to, I want you to think of that prayer as I'm praying it. I want you to pray it in your spirit. I don't care if you pray it out loud. In fact, I think that would honor Christ right now. But it's so easy for you to make that decision today. It's just choosing to step out in faith. Lord Jesus, I thank you for every person here today. And I pray for every person that's making a choice today. That, Lord God, fear will not bind them, but, Lord God, faith will arise in their spirit. That they will make a choice to choose to follow you. That, Lord God, they will not hesitate. That, Lord God, they will decide today, Lord God, that today is the day of salvation. Lord God, I thank you for each person. I pray, God, your love and your blessing upon them. Pour out your spirit upon them right now. I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, God good? All the time he's good. And he is faithful. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's the same. I don't know when you hear these sayings, 
But you've got to grab a hold of these sayings. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Meaning this. Everything else can change in life, but your God will not. He will be consistent in everything that you do. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.